This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There is only one holistic system of systems. One vast and imane, interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. Everybody knows that the dice are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor. The rich get rich, that's how it goes. Everybody knows. Live from Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And a very happy Palm Sunday for all of you out there who observe this very significant date. Uh, and holiday. I had a, uh, a wonderful uh, uh, Palm Sunday meal over at my mother-in-law's uh, tonight, uh, the mighty Aphrodite and the twins and I. And uh, we're on uh, the GI uh, diet, the glycemic index diet right now. And I, I'm proud to say I've dropped about 15 pounds and I'd like to do another uh, five or 10 anyway. But it's, uh, uh, so I haven't eaten like this in quite a while. And um, I, let me tell you, Mateta, which is uh the, the Greek word for mother. My mother-in-law pulled out all the stops, and I had goat. I actually ate goat. Now, the name for goat in, uh, in Greek escapes me, but it sounds far more elegant uh, to say it in Greek than to say I ate goat tonight, but it was uh, delicious, absolutely delicious. All right. Uh, I got to tell you about this story because it's... Listen, I think it goes without saying that the vast majority of uh, police officers who um, swear an oath to serve and protect do precisely that. And I don't know if you've seen, uh, there's a uh, sort of a documentary that's been floating around. Well, it's not really a documentary. It's kind of a, uh, a collage of uh, uh, news reports about a, a policeman going mad, <laughs> essentially. And... Uh, the document or the, this uh, video montage talks about uh, you know the, the why you should be concerned about the, the this most dangerous gang in America, and then of course it goes on, and it, you slowly realize that the, the dangerous gang they're talking about are uh, police forces around the country, and I'm, I'm speaking speaking specifically uh, about the, you know the the use of uh, unnecessary force, and of course uh, the stun gun, 
Let me tell you about this. Three Seattle police officers were justified when they used a stun gun on a pregnant mother, a pregnant mother who refused to sign a traffic ticket. A federal appeals court ruled on Friday in a case that prompted an incredulous dissent. Let me repeat that, the headline. Court, Seattle police okay to stun pregnant woman, woman. Malacca Brooks was driving her son to Seattle's African American Academy in 2004 when she was stopped for doing 32 miles per hour in a school zone. She insisted it was the car in front of her that was speeding and refused to sign the ticket because she thought she'd be admitting guilt. Rather than give her the ticket and let her go on her way, the officers decided to arrest her. One reached in, turned off her car, and dropped the keys on the floor. Brooks, again the pregnant woman, stiffened her arms against the steering wheel and told the officers she was pregnant but refused to get out even after they threatened to stun her. The officers, Sergeant Stephen Damon, Officer Juan Ornelas, and Officer Donald Jones then stunned her three times in the thigh, shoulder, and neck and hauled her out of the car, laying her face down in the street. Brooks gave birth to a healthy baby two months later but has permanent scars from the taser. Uh, you know, this, this story doesn't even need further comment. This is what's going on across North America. And we need to be, obviously, very, very concerned about this. All right. Uh, perhaps that's a subject of a, another show. Indeed, it is. We are going to dedicate the vast uh, 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 share of tonight's program to something that is also sweeping across North America and the world. It is nothing less than an, epi an epidemic and I'm, I'm referring to, of course, cancer. And uh, we just uh, heard uh, tonight, in fact, how very timely this program is. A, uh, a friend of the family, they, uh, this couple have a four-year-old daughter uh, who was just diagnosed with a stage four uh, neuroblastoma, a, uh, a tumor uh, located in her lower spine. And there are a lot of people out there uh, who are facing a similar situation. And uh, what can you do but just, you know, thank God that uh, you have healthy children, uh, a healthy family. But sooner or later, I mean, this is going to uh, affect all of us. And... Uh, Oftentimes, it's easy to despair because some of these cancers still remain a death sentence primarily. But uh, there, there is uh, always hope out there, and, and I don't want uh, ever to be accused of spreading false hope, and you're going to hear it throughout tonight's program, a medical disclaimer, of course. We, we, we need to do that uh, so that people can go out and, and obviously talk to their physicians and do their own research, but... It's really important uh, to have this discussion tonight because I think, I think, I believe oftentimes there is hope when we're told that there is little and you don't often get to hear about uh, the, uh, the good stories, the alternative research that's going on in cancer. 
And there are successes, and we're not being told about those. It's a, uh, a great pleasure uh, to have on the program tonight. Someone who I heard on the radio not so long ago, and in the middle of the night, I got elbowed by the mighty Aphrodite and said, who is up all night listening and scribbling down notes, you must get this person on your show. And so that's what we've done. Dr. John Apsley has, in, has been involved with clinical researcher, uh, research specializing in cellular regeneration and accelerated wound repair for the past 30 years. In 1995, he perfected a unique and novel rapid regenerative electrical acupuncture technique. And uh, currently, he's just completed a comprehensive two-year retrospective study of the above emerging field of medicine spanning the global peer-reviewed medicine uh, medical literature. His immediate plans are to write two books on the subject scheduled to be published later this year. Both will be entitled Overcoming Advanced Cancer, Curing versus Controlling uh, versus uh, controlling cancer. And he holds uh, degrees in uh, medicine, chiropractic, nutrition. Certifications include independent medic, uh, medical examiner, spinal disability evaluator, insurance claims reviewer. He's also a qualified instructor of electrodermal scanning, as well as dark field mic- microscopy. He's uh, earned his graduate, uh, he graduated rather magna cum laude from Life Chiropractic College located in Marietta, Georgia in 1984 and went on to earn his medical degree in eclectic and integrative medicine from the British West Indies Medical College in Grand Turk, Turks and Caicos in 1987. And uh, we welcome Don, or Dr. John Apsley to The Conspiracy Show. Hello, John. Hello, Richard. I'm so glad to be here tonight and thank you for that great, that great introduction there. Would I be out of line to refer to uh, the, uh, the, the those that are uh, studying cancer or those who are uh, uh, treating cancer, the, the related uh, pharmaceutical industries and the research institutes as a cancer industry? Is that out of line? No, no. It, it, uh, you know, the, uh, the whole practice of medicine um, has become infiltrated with uh, vested interests. I mean, I've got mine. Uh, next doctor will have his uh, or hers. The universities have theirs. They get their grant money from special interests and uh, through the federal government. The federal governments get it from special interests or through taxes. Um, and who determines or who are the gatekeepers for where this money goes? Uh, they're the folks that we really need to educate. Those are the folks that need to be uh, alerted to shows such as yourself tonight. Um, if I, if you can give me just a little, a little more room here, let me explain uh, uh, where the left turn uh, that we took was. Uh, back about 100 years ago, uh, we had a choice to make with our present technology to to study uh, diseases and cancer with um, with more uh, conventional forms of chemistry um, that is now taught in every medical school and has been for quite some time. Problem is, is that can- the can- uh, the chemistry of cancer is nothing. Uh, has nothing at all to do with the chemistries that were all uh, taught and, and what's continued to be uh, researched today. It has to do with a colloidal chemistry, and uh, that's the only place in which life works. Let me give you an example. Um, MD, PhD from Harvard, uh, Dr. Damadian, in the 1970s perfected one of the first and, and really the most leading forms of MRI, what we take pictures with today, and it wasn't uh, able to see clearly tumors. And they got a couple of biophysicists together by the name of Ling and Cope, 
And they said, why aren't we able to see with our software imaging um, from the radio signals bouncing back, we can see perfectly healthy tissue in crystal clear detail. But how come we can't see tumors? It's just a blur. And the biophysicists went to work on it and they went, oh my gosh, the water in tumors is completely different than the water in healthy cells. Well, this is huge. This is phenomenally huge. And yet it was just uh, kind of brushed over until these same biophysicists began to conduct research on different types of uh, natural cures for cancer. And they found out that natural, this type of uh, water that was found in healthy cells was being added into the diet with these natural approaches that also were curing cancer. Whereas what conventional methods uh, use to treat cancer destroy that type of water. Uh, they oversalt it. They destroy the structure. So what I'm talking about is that when the biophysicist who, who got together with the software programmers and said, look, the structure of the water is different. It's more chaotic in tumors, which kind of makes sense. And in healthy tissues, it's more organized. And they accounted for the angles that were different in how the water arranged itself. And sure enough, bingo, they were able to get crystal clear images of the tumors. Well, uh, when they realized that, uh, that there is a profound difference in the water in tumors, uh, they, they began to ask themselves, well, how do we get that water restructured properly? Will that cure cancer? And sure enough, they found out that not only does, uh, does that cure cancer, but it also regenerates the tissue. It actually re puts the, uh, like for example, uh, not too long ago, I, I worked with an 83-year-old uh, man who had pi primary pancreatic cancer, almost always fatal. He had been diagnosed at Sloan Kettering. <clears throat> He's given me permission to use his name. Um, he had diabetes, he had heart disease, he had hypertension, and he had about four and a half months to live. Well, we put him on a program that completely uh, addressed this whole issue from, from uh, a comprehensive point of view, got the right type of water into his body through the foods, through the diet, through taking out the bad water, through detoxification. And uh, the guy's doing great. Uh, not only that, but his hypertension went away. His diabetes went away, and his heart disease went away. Now, what we're talking about here is, and the last thing I wanted to, um, to, to make the audience aware of here, is that we are not supposed to get sick. We're not supposed to get sick. No, our, our body, I mean, I, I believe in, in, uh, in a creator, and, I, and, and, you know, we're talking about a 700 million uh, a piece or maybe 700 billion piece jigsaw puzzle that's yeah. been put together so perfectly uh, that uh, yeah everything should be there in our body to to uh, we, we should be able to cure ourselves there you uh, go. I, I, I agree with you uh, dr. Apsley and, and what you were saying about water I I have uh, come to believe also that water is alive and it has an intelligence uh, and uh, that certainly plays a role too we'll uh, pick it up on the other side dr. John Apsley as we discuss Alternative Cancer Treatments, his forthcoming books. The title's very uh, compelling. Overcoming Advanced Cancer, Curing versus Controlling Terminal Cancer. That's what we're talking about tonight. Stay with us. This segment of The Conspiracy Show deals with medical information. The advice you hear is solely the opinion of the guest and does not reflect the position of AM740 or MZ Media, Inc. 
Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To speak to Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. Dr. John Apsley's website is drapsley, A-P-S-L-E-Y dot com, drapsley dot com. All right, you mentioned that we're not supposed to get sick, uh, and yet we are. Cancer is, uh, uh, it's epidemic. It's just, it's running rampant. And we're making some progress in some areas, and then we, we seem to be backsliding in others. Uh, right. when, when, you, when you say we're not supposed to get sick, but we are, that almost sounds uh, like a conspiracy. Well, yeah, you know, and, and we're just as guilty as anyone else is. Uh, there's, a, there's a ton of conventional physicians out there that are, uh, would love nothing more than to find a cure for cancer tomorrow and find a different line of work. Uh, there are just so many dedicated people out there. I, I know many of them. But there are people who are severely invested in, uh, in treating cancer to control it and not wanting to cure it, especially if the cure for cancer is something that's very inexpensive. So what I, what I, in the last segment, what I alluded to was is that the chemistry, we're studying the wrong chemistry. And now Gilbert Ling is the genius behind understanding what colloidal chemistry is inside healthy cells and why, until we understand Gilbert Ling's research, why we're going to be going down, as you're saying, we're going to be going down the wrong road. We're going to take two steps forward and five steps backwards. So... You know, this thing about we're making such progress in cancer is a bunch of malarkey. We should not be getting cancer. Now, here's another reference point for you. There were some eminent scientists at the top of their game over the past 150 years that have stumbled on the, uh, the real reference points, what science uses to determine uh, what, how we should conduct scientific investigations, where we should start from, how we should compare a known standard to so we know where we're going. That's the hallmark of science, that you, you use an established standard, and then you repeat the experiment over and over again and let others do it until you find out, yeah, it's true, or no, it's not. Well, our standards are screwed up. The chemistry of which we study chemis- uh, cancer, it's wrong. It's flat-out wrong. So when we start looking at the correct reference points, then we need to bear in mind a couple other things. First of all, every single one of your listeners right now has ancestors somewhere in the back, way, way back, that lived to be extremely long-living, and they did not suffer from cancer. They lived over 100. In fact, uh, it wasn't too many years ago that it was shown that we're not supposed to start aging until the age of 100. This is documented in thousands and thousands of cases. But, you know, we, we don't want to use that as a reference point because it sounds too incredible. Well, if we start using the correct reference points and we know that these people didn't get cancer, then we start following the correct path to where we can say, hey, listen, we don't have to be sick anymore. We really don't have to have diabetes. We really don't have to have our osteoarthritis. We don't have to have Alzheimer's. So... What I want to, uh, your, your uh, listeners to understand is, is that, uh, that there has been a conspiracy. As soon as something has been found that's cheap or that we can do on our own that would keep us really healthy, especially if it comes from someone with an imminent uh, 
uh, background in, in science or has lots of credentials, who is a professor at Harvard, for example, they just get nailed every single time. And you have to trace the money. You have to go back and look at why are those people attacking this great scientist? And not just one, but, but dozens and dozens over the last 150 years. Why does this keep on happening? Well, the name that comes uh, to mind when you talk about this, uh, Dr. Apsley, is uh, Royal Raymond Reif. And uh, who developed an amazing uh, telescope that at the time was more powerful than many electronic microscopes are today, uh, and uh, identified uh, the use of, uh, well, identified the resonant frequencies of a number of virtually every known disease, including cancer, and and reportedly was able to destroy those cancer uh, cells almost through vibration. Uh, this is back in the 1930s, and apparently there were uh, there were uh, studies done, and and his uh, his patients uh, uh, beat uh, killer cancers, and yet he was uh, discredited, ostracized, and died a, a broken man. Uh, is this how they do it? I mean, it, this this conspiracy is it a is it in terms of the the cancer industry? Is it a synthetic beast? It's just it's systemic, uh, or is there are there individuals who are who are, uh, you know, through their commission, not acts of omission, but through their commission, preventing a cure for cancer coming uh, to the fore. Yeah, unless it's very expensive and people can make a lot of money. Now, the, the cancer control industry is the second largest industry in the world, to my knowledge. So if the cure for cancer were dis- was discovered tomorrow, it would bankrupt globally all of the economies because it would, t- it would happen too fast. So they have to control it. And, but, but again, it's not the good people who are in the conventional medical treatment that are aware of this. They, they think they really are doing the right things, and they think their science is the best. That's why my message tonight was is that the chemistry is wrong. You guys got the wrong chemistry, and this can be proven now. Second thing is, is that we are just as guilty. The largest political movement in the United States was the Deshay movement to get natural supplements used and sold in, in, the, in the proper concentrations uh, available everywhere uh, over the counter, uh, second only to the Vietnam War. We demanded as a group that we have our vitamins and our minerals in the quantities and the qualities that we want. Well, what we're doing now is that we are unconsciously conspiring against ourselves. We are guilty of, the, of a massive unconscious conspiracy, and it's folks like you who are stopping that. You are bringing to the surface and getting people conscious of the fact that they have the ability not to get cancer, that they themselves can do this. And we're going we're gonna to get into that in the second half of the show. We don't have to get sick. I want to make that clear. Now, if you go back to the primary people who never got sick, who didn't start aging until they were 100 or older, you can then begin to have the correct reference point to study. Now, your point is well taken. As soon as scientists from Harvard or from the, the, the prestigious places uh, around the globe started studying these folks and they started reporting this, suddenly, out of nowhere, these attack dogs came out of nowhere. I wanted to know, who, who are these attack dogs? Who has paid for their research for the past 20 or 30 years? What is their vested interest? But nobody ever asked that question. We, the public, have to ask that question. So we can then track down and find out who these buffoons are and say, listen, what are you talking about? This, this is a thousand cases of, of, of uh, people that are, didn't start aging until the age of 100, not just in, uh, in, uh, in Georgia or, or the Caucasus Mountains uh, 
near uh, the, what's now called George, the you know the country of Georgian, but in South America, also in, in extreme northwest Pakistan, and in other locations around the world, there were over 14 different ethnicities that were found from 1930 to 1940 that that had no cancer, had no heart disease. Had none of these problems. So when did this... Well, we'll take a time out here, but when we come back, we have to find out when this epidemic started. I mean, is it in the, is it in the soil? Is it in the water? Is it in the food? Is it in the air? What's causing this epidemic, this cancer epidemic? And uh, we also need to discuss what, in fact, is coital uh, chemistry. If this is what we need to study uh, to crack the... Uh, to the, the, the cancer code, if you will. Dr. John Apsley uh, with me for the, uh, the duration. Back with more. Don't go away. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This segment of The Conspiracy Show deals with medical information. The advice you hear is solely the opinion of the guest and does not reflect the position of AM740 or MZ Media, Inc. You can follow me on uh, Twitter, and my website is richardserrett.com, richardserrett, S-Y-R-E-T-T.com. That's your portal to The Conspiracy Show, where you'll uh, find all the information you need on upcoming shows, a past show archive, and... Um, uh, a uh, a poll, a, a weekly uh, poll question that we ask this uh, this week, of course, as we approach the uh, Holy Week of Easter, is the Shroud of Turin the actual burial cloth of Jesus Christ? Next week on the show, I'll have a, a Shroud of Turin expert to discuss whether or not it is the actual burial cloth or a mere medieval forgery. Dr. John Apsley is uh, with us, a uh, man who's been studying uh, cancer uh, for over 30 years. Uh, Dr. Apsley, what is coital chemistry? You've referred to it a couple of times and, 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 and emphasized that we need to understand coital chemistry if we're going to understand how to cure cancer. Yes, it's a great question, Richard, and, and it's, it's very simple. Colloidal chemistry is the only chemistry that allows life to occur at normal body temperatures. If you were using the other chemistries, it requires usually higher temperatures to produce the type of energy and uh, complicated reactions that life requires. So colloidal chemistry is the only thing we should really be studying, but it's very difficult to study. It used to be impossible to study up until the advent of the MRIs. But now we have quite a, uh, including the uh, dark field microscopy you mentioned, that was a way to look at the, the colloidal chemistry that was uh, working inside cells because you didn't have to kill the cell you could just observe it with the light, with the dark field microscope, and see what was happening. Now, um, on my website, on the home page, is a long home page. It's got it must be about 40 pages, <laughs> and it takes you through. And it takes you through the by the first Nobel Prize winner, who identified the uh, the principles of colloidal chemistry that keep our cells uh, alive and healthy indefinitely. And then it takes you through all of the researchers who reconfirmed it, both with animal studies and then with human studies, to show that we are not supposed to get sick. And once a person actually starts doing this, they start developing um, a sense. They, they, start re- they start getting what our ancestors had. They stop eating for taste, and they start eating for health because they can feel the good things happening in their body. They start feeling the energy pick up. They start feeling their mind clear. 
and they just feel bad when they when they go back to the old ways of eating. So that's all on on the on the homepage to get your listeners' uh, understanding about what colloidal chemistry is. But for the technical people out there, let me just go into about a brief paragraph about colloidal chemistry is. Regular chemistry is about things that dissolve in water. Colloidal chemistry governs water with things that don't dissolve in the water. In other words, there are certain things that reshape water and because they don't dissolve in it. They don't, they're not governed by water. And when water is controlled by these uh, colloidal principles that come down from minerals from the mountains that enter into the food chain, then water has a whole different structure to it. And it allows energy to be produced in a vibrancy at normal body temperature that we cannot accomplish with other forms of chemistry. So in a nutshell, Richard, what we have is we have a whole bunch of pharmaceuticals today that work on, the, on what I call the low-gain state. They don't have hardly any energy going into treating a, a, a complex colloidal state. They're, they're working from the low ground. Now, if, you're, if you have any background in, in strategy, you want to come from the high ground. So when you can, um, you, you mentioned about Royal Rife, uh, well, I'm very familiar with, um, uh, let me take a step back so your, readers, your listeners can hear this. It's the terrain, it's the environment that Rife was uh, working with that allowed either a germ to do its thing or a germ not to do its thing. He had mortal oscillating frequencies where he could kill a germ. That was true. But he was also interested in taking a healthy cell and changing its milieu, changing its environment in the Petri dish and seeing it go into a disease state and then reconverting that cell back to a super healthy cell by changing the environment of, of the cell in the, in the Petri dish. So that controls disease more than anything else. Well, that puts you on high ground. So even if you're going to be taking conventional medicine, if you feed your body properly, you're already in a high-gain state. You're, at, you're in the high ground. You're in st uh, strategically a much better position for those drugs to really do their thing. And that gives your listeners an idea about that colloidal chemistry governs the properties of water and regular chemistry is dissolved in water. Water governs it, and that's the difference. It, it sounds uh, very uh, simple. I mean, on the one hand, you, you would almost question how could they have missed this, but of course the answer is they didn't. <laughs> uh, now, when you say... Um, you know, well, let me ask you this. Uh, this is ground zero. What is cancer then? What is cancer? Yeah, uh, cancer is uh, is a state where these uh, factors that control the structure of water are no longer present, and what's replaced it has been hydrogen uh, protons, which are positively charged. Now we've all heard, or most most of your listeners will have heard about alkalizing diets. You know, to eat high alkaline foods if, you have, if you're sick, if you have cancer. But there's a problem with that. Those alkaline foods are good for you, there's no doubt. And they, can, they contain metals and minerals that are, many of them are positively charged. And those are the things that need to get inside the cells to make water the right structure. The problem is, is that the hydrogens are sitting there. They spin off of fat we eat, off of protein we eat, off of carbohydrate we eat, and they build up and they produce an acid environment that's very, uh, uh, that's one in, that goes hand in hand with cancer, also low oxygen state. So it's, it's a high acid environment that's very positively charged. Well, 
two positives repel each other, don't they? Every, everyone knows that, that if you stick the same end of a magnet to itself, it pushes, you, it pushes away from sure, itself. Sure, sure. So same thing with a positive charge and a positive charge. They repel each other. So all those folks out there eating alkaline diets, although they're on the right track, it can't get into the cell where it's needed. What, what needs to be done is those hydrogens need to be taken out. And that the is... The free radicals. Uh, yeah, well, uh, it's, it is sort of. It, it's, it's, an, it's a normal product that when it gets to an excess, it, it, uh, it starts the cancer process. So the second thing that starts the cancer process is not enough oxygen. You can take 100% of the time normal healthy tissue and reduce the oxygen amount down by 40%, just take 40% away, and that cell will 100% of the time convert into cancer. So regardless whether you think of free radicals, regardless whether you think of smoking, whatever it is that you're thinking, in the final analysis, it's the bizarre twisting of water, it's the lack of the colloids that govern the shape of water, it is the lack of oxygen, and it's an acid environment 100% of the time that causes cancer. Now, it, those are four things. If you just reverse those things, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to cure cancer or you're, you're going to, you're going to stop the spread of cancer? You're well, darn right. Well, well uh, when did this start to happen? I mean, is it in the soil? Is it in the water? How are we uh, getting cancer? You know, you're, you're so right on. It, 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 start, it is in the food chain. But we have so far left behind Mother Nature and how what, what the, create, the good creator intended for us to, to, uh, to do here on this planet. We should be the stewards of everything here. And when we, when we treat our body as a sacred vessel and it gets well and we feel terrific, we automatically want to take better care of, of our environment around us. So the food chain starts with minerals. And then from there, the minerals in a special form uh, take over the control of how water sets itself up to go into plants and how it sets itself up to go into animals. And then finally, when we eat both the plants and animals, what happens in our own body? If we, if we just don't violate that very simple food chain, we, we stay healthy. We don't get sick. Well, we try to grow our own food, Dr. Apsley. I mean, a little bit of it anyway. Uh, we have a vegetable garden. And, uh, but, you know, try as we might, I tell you, vegetables just don't taste the same yeah. as even when I, when I was a kid. You bite into a tomato, never mind growing your own, that's been shipped across country, that's been gassed, uh, you know, picked when it's green and gassed. It's like <laughs> biting into a piece of cardboard. Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's not how food is supposed to... to so this, obviously there's something wrong with our soil. Exactly. And what uh, we're in a, uh, an interglacial period where we have uh, exhausted all the minerals in the topsoil. Well, we've done that with our farming practices because it's, it's a little bit more expensive to put the minerals back in. But it's been about, oh, it, uh, it's been many, many thousands of years that we've had a chance for the rains just to take all the, all the good minerals out of our topsoil. Well, we've got to put those back in. And not only do we put the minerals in small flower-like form, I call it rock dust, uh, available everywhere if you, uh, if you know where to look for it on the web, you got to compost with that, where you take some manure, you take leaves and grass and all the extra corn stalks that you have, and you stick them all together and let them kind of ferment for a while with good bacteria. And, and the bacteria can eat the tiny minerals if they're small enough, if they're like a flower, uh, kind of like when a volcanic eruption occurs and all the ash goes into the sky. Right, right. That, that's, the, that's the original fertilizer that the Creator gave us. 
And so once you start with that and you protect it, and it reforms water, it makes things extremely healthy, plants don't get sick, you don't need pesticides, they, they triple, they uh, 30, 40% stronger in nutrients, they sometimes will double their, their yield production. Um, even if you're using organic techniques, if you're not using rock dust properly, you're not getting the job done, and you're right. The tomatoes taste incredibly different. Now, here's a, here's a little bit of proof. You take a whole bunch of these conventional scientists that don't understand anything about colloidal chemistry, and you take your listeners, and you line them all up at a fair, and you take uh, one group of tomatoes that are grown right and one group of tomatoes that aren't, and you have them line up and say, hey, listen, where's the truth here? Every single one of them is going to say, whoa, these tomatoes over here light up your taste buds when you bite into them. What the heck is this? This stuff over here tastes like cardboard. And then you go, so that's colloidal chemistry, and they get it. So what does a real tomato taste like, Dr. Hapsley? Have you had one lately? I, I, I actually had one. Uh, cut me off if you need to, but I had, it was, honestly, I, I called my first religious experience. I was in Finhorn in Scotland back in 77, and I was uh, very hypoglycemic. I had a lot of health problems at that time, and I was uh, working in the fields at this magical uh, garden uh, facility. And that's where I met my first uh, fully regenerated 95-year-old couple that, if we have a chance, I'll mention real quickly. But anyway, I'm in the field, and I'm working with the tomatoes, and I was so hungry. I, I, don't like to, I didn't like tomatoes. I, I ate one, and I, I stopped dead in my tracks. Something happened to my mouth and my taste buds and really my cranial nerves that I'll never forget. It was like, oh, my gosh, what is this? My whole entire nervous system lit up with this pleasant euphoria that's how food should taste. I knew intuitively, oh, yeah, this is what food's supposed to be like. Well, I, wa- I walked back to the truck to load my uh, bunch of tomatoes in the truck that was there to collect them, and the truck driver was coming down to help, and he kind of saw my face. I was in a stupor. And then I walked, uh, put my uh, tomatoes in the truck down. I, st- I turned around to walk out of the truck, and on the other side of the truck was a whole bunch of tomatoes, and I grabbed one because I was still hungry. And I ate it as I hopped off the truck, and I couldn't taste it. And the truck driver was walking back, and he saw me, and he goes, hey, yeah, you can't taste that tomato, can you? And I looked at him. I said, how does he know? He goes, I just had, uh, that was just picked up an hour ago at the local organic farms, and you can't taste that tomato, can you? And I go, no, how did you know? He goes, because our tomatoes are only on the other side of the truck where I told you to put uh, you, you know, your tomatoes. That side of the truck is all the stuff not grown on our property. So and then I got it. I knew then my life was changed. Okay, so, so to recap, uh, first of all, we have to, uh, we have to uh, put rock dust in our gardens. And we, ferment it with and, composting. And compost. Yep. So, I mean, food as medicine. Yes. Food yes. as medicine. Yes. That's part of it. Uh, and, and obviously, I mean, we all know what's been done to the water. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where to start there. Uh, I mean, this fluoride, uh, it, obviously, when you do a conspiracy show, you got to talk about fluoride, right? We, all of us <laughs> nutcases, oh, it's the fluoride in the water that's making us crazy. But, I mean, is, does fluoride play a role in, in, in cancer? Well, you know, when you have calcium fluoride, which is a natural uh, mineral of both calcium and fluoride, it's very good for you. When it's a byproduct of the aluminum industry, well, that's a whole different story. That's Stannis fluoride. That's a rat poison. So it, it, Mother Nature has all these minerals arranged, all 80 or more, really, arranged in such a way that they don't dissolve in water, for the most part. Some do, of course, or a salt. But others are just by themselves. They're small, tiny particles that bacteria can engulf, that our that friendly gut bacteria can engulf, and do magic with them. 
And then they, the, the enzymes are there, the sugar levels are very high, and this is good sugar. This isn't the type of sugar that makes your diabetes go crazy. This is stuff where when you taste it, you go, this is a tomato, this tastes like an orange. It's so powerful in effect, but it's not just a sweetness. It's protein. Let me give you one last example. We used to grow wheat in the United States that was 20 to 22% protein. Now it's down to 3 or 4 or 5% protein. Everybody gets fat when they eat wheat now, or everyone's allergic to it. That's right. it I'm on the GI diet. I mean, I've cut out, uh, I've cut out all that stuff. It, and it'll never help you because the problem is what we're talking about. When you eat these low glycemic foods, which, by the way, I recommend for, for a temporary stay, um, they're not the way that foods should be to begin with. They're supposed to be full of protein, which lowers the glycemic index down even further. So we don't get fat on those things. Now, the greatest agricultural scientist that we've had here in America, William Albrecht, was trying to scream to everyone's attention back in the 30s that this was true, but nobody would listen to him. Well, potatoes used to be loaded with vitamin C, and I, I understand that they have virtually none these days, just because, again, of the, 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 the depletion uh, of the soil. Listen, when we come back, uh, uh, we have to talk about the, uh, the, uh, the, the absolutely amazing uh, contention here. Uh, the title of your book, we're talking about curing, not controlling terminal cancer. So let's, let's find out about how we do that. And uh, I remind listeners, uh, Dr. John Apsley is with us. And uh, you can log on to his, his website, drapsley.com, A-P-S-L-E-Y, drapsley.com. Overcoming advanced cancer and other chronic illnesses. Stay with us. This segment of The Conspiracy Show deals with medical information. The advice you hear is solely the opinion of the guest and does not reflect the position of AM740 or MZ Media, Inc. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM740. To reach Richard... Call 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. Despite the fact that we've been running that uh, disclaimer uh, ad nauseum, uh, which I guess, let's be blunt, just goes to show you the the, um, influence, the the pressure uh, that can be brought to bear by the, uh, I guess, the... uh, Orthodox uh, medical establishment. Um, I will get complaints that this is irresponsible, that we're giving hope where none exists, that, uh, uh, that we're putting lives at risk, that the traditional uh, methods of uh, treating cancer are the only ones. Um, however, you'll have to uh, really listen in and... and um, do your own research, but uh, I, I certainly urge you to go to Dr. Apsley's uh, website and uh, check into uh, his claims. Uh, Dr. Apsley, I uh, interviewed Dr. Colin Campbell, who uh, took part in the China study, which has been called the Grand Prix of uh, Epidemiology. Uh, and uh, obviously the, the, the culprit, uh, call, Dr. Colin Campbell says, is animal uh, protein, uh, that we shouldn't have any of it in our diet. Um, do you concur? No, not at all. Uh, he's correct, though. Uh, remember we talked about colloidal chemistry versus regular chemistry? Yes. Okay, well, cooking destroys colloidal chemistry. So when you study the diets of folks that are cooking their foods, 
meat becomes poisonous. When you study the diets of folks that eat their meat raw, it becomes a blessing. Hmm. So liver and thymus and uh, the bone marrow, all those things, or if you lightly cook them, for example, there are ways to cook foods slowly over a time period that doesn't destroy their colloidal, all of their colloidal properties. In other words, enzymes are just... Like, let's take milk, for example. Milk is a, is a really good example. Milk, when it comes from healthy cows, uh, is one of the blessings that we have for raising extremely healthy children unless you pasteurize the milk. When you cook it at 160 for a minute or so, or you cook it for an hour at 140 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, um, it destroys almost all the properties uh, that are the colloidal properties of the milk. Mm, try selling raw milk in these parts. They'll throw you in the slammer. <laughs> well, they just they just started doing uh, selling it again here in the States, thank goodness. Well, because, people try up here, but they, um, they're not making many friends, I'll tell you that. Well, guess what? You just get your own goat or your own uh, cow, and you start doing it yourself. There you your go. Health depends. There you go. So you, you take back your health. You know, the, this is a political movement. This, once you start hurting the pocketbooks, of the folks out there by taking uh, no longer being a victim of this conspiracy that's going on and start doing the things that you can do at home. With, like you, you're growing your own garden. You start making rock dust into your compost and put that on your tomatoes. You're going to be stunned. You start doing it. If you have cancer, you start making your own sprouts because you do that in just uh, 24 hours, 36 hours, you'll have your own superfoods. Um, you start you know, getting yourself stronger and, and stronger and stronger uh, this is how things are is turned around. So anyway, you wanted to go into what to do, I think, about um, how folks can start turning this around. Yes, right? and before we do that, though, I do want to grab a quick call here, sure. uh, because, and this will probably lead us into where we want to go. And Keith is in Rochester tonight. Uh, good evening, Keith. Welcome to the Conspiracy Show AM 740. Yes, I knew a woman who died of breast cancer, and I wanted to bring up, uh, by example, beer. They say that if a woman has one or two drinks a day, she's more likely to lose weight than a woman who doesn't drink. But on the other hand, if a woman has more than one drink a day, she's much more likely four to five times to get breast cancer. And my first question to the doctor was uh, how you get mixed messages about, in one case, beer can be helpful, and the other uh, will raise your cancer risk. And I'm just trying to gather how the layperson can find the ins and outs of this that uh, it's, it's very hard to distinguish uh, all of the information and, and by this example of beer, if I have, I might have not have time to ask other questions, but what the doctor would think uh, is a correlating process by which people um, have a hard time in this modern world with the diet such as it is that people uh, get these mixed messages. Of uh, mixed messages, after. precisely. I mean, we're, we're all confused. Uh, well, let, let's, this is a great, great question. Now let me explain this again, folks. I want everyone to hear me. Everyone listen. It's the cooking. Beer is pasteurized. There's a few beers that aren't. When uh, the Hunzas and the Valkambamins and, and all of the ancient uh, primary people, when they made their wines and they made their beers, they weren't pasteurized. They contained huge amounts of B-complex vitamins, and so it sustained people. And you didn't need to overdrink because you felt good. You felt satisfied with a beer or two. And, uh, yes, excesses do occur. There's no doubt about that. But excesses are much more bound to occur if you, if you suffer from the hidden hunger. Now, when food isn't giving you what it should be in terms of satiety, in terms of being satisfied, you're going to want more.
because you aren't getting what you need. But when you're getting what your body needs, you say, that's enough. That's all I need. And you can be moderate, and you can be happy. But nobody's happy today because they're thinking about all these complex things about the China diet and about this alkaline diet and everything else. It's only when things aren't cooked. And I'm not saying you have to have a 100% raw food diet. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying it's vegetarian. 100%. I'm not saying it's 100% vegetarian. It's a mix. It's a mix. And you can have some cooked foods if they're cooked properly, like in a crocker pot. You know, slow cooking under low temperature. Even if it cooks for a whole, you know, 12 hours or so, if, as long as the temperature's low. When you make yogurt out of raw milk and you use good acidophilus, you have to heat it up, but you don't destroy the milk or the bacteria that's so good for you. Preparation. So, we, I mean, we've got to go back to cooking the way our grandparents yeah. did, and it, it's timely, but enough yeah. of this processed food. You go into the supermarket now, and there's aisles dedicated to it's practically pre, everything, but it's digested for you practically. I see bacon <laughs> now. It's not even in the freezer anymore. It's, in a, it's on the end of an aisle, and it's, it's, I don't know how they do it, but you, it's, it's ready-cooked bacon, and they don't even refrigerate it. That scares the heck out of me. It does me, too. Yeah, no, you're right. It's probably radiated like crazy. I know. And, and this is, we've gotten bizarre. We've gotten so perverted with our food, and we don't want to spend anything. You know, in, here in America, my gosh, if we spend 11 cents out of every dollar for food, something's wrong. You know, we're overspending. But in Japan, where they're much healthier, they think it's their health care system. It's got nothing to do with that. They spend 19, 20 cents out of every dollar on their food. I just started eating the steel-cut oatmeal, and it's, it, it, at first it drove me nuts because it takes like half an hour to prepare because <laughs> I'm used to, you know, the one-minute oatmeal. But yeah. this, is, this, is the, this is the stuff you need to eat, the steel-cut. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to uh, the, the discussion of, of, of how, then, we can reverse uh, uh, cancer, cure it, yeah. not control it. Yes, and here's how we do that. Yeah, by restoring your own self-healing mechanism, which works on colloidal chemistry, you can cure anything. It is the cure-all. You know, like, like the FDA says, and, and they're right, you know, beware of anybody trying to offer you a, an herb or a vitamin that cures everything. That's the first sign that some quackery is going on. Well, they're right. What am I talking about that? I'm talking about our self-healing system, which is a colloidal phenomenon that we're not trained in, that takes all this on. We got to study the minerals going into the water, going into the plants, with the, uh, and the bacteria can eat it because the minerals are small enough, and then the animals eat the plants, and then we eat the animals in such a way that the colloidal state's still there, and we regenerate our bodies. Our self-healing process takes care of everything. For the most part, we might have need some medicine along the way just to get us through a, a difficult time. But folks, that's as simple as it is. We have to realign re ourselves with this colloidal chemistry of the food chain. And that'll be in the books. It'll be explained how to do this step by step. You can do it in your kitchen. You can do it in your backyard. You can get yourself going. You can join CSA, which is here in America. I'm, I'm sure they have it in Canada, where it's a, it's a local community-sustained agricultural group that uses organic methods. Just get them to use rock dust properly. They're not using that yet. Interesting. Then, the, uh, the Bible talks about uh, the healing waters, and uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like the healing waters are within each and every one of us. We just have to, uh, to get the, uh, the, uh, the structure of uh, those water crystals inside us 
back to the way that God made them. And I don't know if they're if they're, it's a hexagonal uh, a formation of water crystal. I've heard that uh, used before. I know you're going to uh, uh, on a trip, I think, to, uh, to Lourdes to study right. the water there. We'll talk about that when we come back as well. Dr. John Apsley, curing terminal cancer here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This segment of The Conspiracy Show deals with medical information. The advice you hear is solely the opinion of the guest and does not reflect the position of AM740 or MZ Media, Inc. And I know this program is picked up in uh, Chicago, so I'll uh, point out that uh, Dr. Apsley will be at, uh, in attendance at the 7th Chicago Health Freedom Expo, June 4th, 5th, 5th and 6th of this year at the Schomburg Convention Center in Chicago. Uh, featuring more than 70 prominent speakers introducing cutting-edge discoveries in natural health. And, of course, Dr. Apsley will be presenting a keynote address on overcoming advanced cancer, curing versus controlling terminal uh, cancer. Again, that's uh, June 4, 5, and 6 at the Schomburg Convention Center, the 7th Chicago Health Freedom Expo. Uh, is chemotherapy ever uh, the answer? Is it, is it uh, ever helpful? Yes, it's, it is helpful. Uh, the, the, the issue is, does it restore the colloidal state of the body, which was the original cause of the cancer? And the answer to that is no. Um, chemotherapy is, a, is basically their salts. They're, they're very poisonous salts, in, in effect. And they can kill cancer, and they can save your life, no doubt about it. But because oncology has not recognized the importance yet of colloidal chemistry, they're going to be using the chemistry that they're most familiar with. And they have a lot of failures. One of the things that I don't approve of with conventional chemotherapy is that, uh, I don't know if your audience is aware of this, but it, this is documented. This is, this is right out of their own studies, that if you're using just chemotherapy, you're not using radiation therapy, you're not using surgery, you're just using chemo, which happens a lot of times, you only have a 2.1% success rate here. 2.1% success rate. And the reason is, is because it's all about salts, which isn't how the body works. The cause of cancer is what we talked about. It's the, the complete uh, alteration of the colloidal state, which is uh, the, 100% of what healthy tissue is. So you can't restore colloidal states with salts you have to put the, the colloids back into the body, which is what these, these minerals are about and the structured water is about. And even the vitamins uh, and, the, and some of the herbs, the, the vitamins have to be in colloidal state. We have what's called USP-grade vitamins down here in the States, and they're dead vitamins. Yeah, have, uh, in yeah. Europe now, it's this, uh, the Codex. The Codex. Uh, which is just, uh, I mean, they have legislation up here in Canada that's, yeah. uh, that uh, would, it, would essentially, I mean, I had a lawyer look through the legislation according to the letter of the law. If you're giving, you know, uh, uh, because food now uh, is classified as a drug, you could be uh, arrested if you were serving, uh, you know, blueberries uh, to your kid. I mean, that's how ridiculous it's, it's gotten. Well, it's time, it's time for a revolt then, if that's the case. You know, we, we have to be allowed to grow uh, a little garden in the back with our rock dust, with a little bit of compost, and make our blueberries and our tomatoes and our uh, other vegetables as we please. How, how can they stop that? I mean, if, if it's, if it's going to come down to that, then there's going to be a revolt. Let's hope and we so. We have to stop them. We have to stop them. We have to say, look, I'm going to eat right. 
What about the um, uh, back in the back in the seventies? Uh, uh, there were um, all these clinics in in uh, Mexico, uh, and it was uh, Laetril, which is, I believe, vitamin B seventeen. And of course, I mean, I, re- I remember jokes about Laetril on the on the Tonight Show. Uh, it became, you know, again ridiculed, and 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 of course, a very prominent uh, actor. Uh, Steve McQueen, who was battling cancer at the time, I believe was was uh, was um, being treated with Laetrile down in Mexico. Now, I you've said some amazing things about what was going on in Steve McQueen's life around the, uh, this time. Can we get into that a little bit? Sure. Um, Steve McQueen had, if I, if if I recall correctly, I was speaking to the doctor who was his attending physician in Mexico down at American Biologics Hospital, Doctor Canoe. Dr. Canoe is one of the was uh, one of the, uh, the the top experts in the world in uh, in uh, cellular therapy. Uh, came out of uh, Germany, and it's a way to quickly regenerate the body. And it's very good for cancer patients. It's better than stem cell therapy because you don't need to uh, have go through that very painful process. Uh, it can be the shots can be given in the in the rump in the in the rear end. Um, but at any rate, um, uh, Steve McQueen had been working with uh, William Donald Kelly and had been getting well, but he had lost a great deal of weight and hadn't gained it back yet. And so he wanted to accelerate the program, but he, but he was doing, he was 100% fatal, uh, he had a 100% fatal condition called mesothelioma. So he knew he was going to die unless he did something uh, different. Well, he, he, he started stabilizing, and then he, from uh, William Donald Kelly's uh, um, method, he then went to American Biologics. And while he was there, he put on a lot of good weight, and that's the key. You want good, solid weight that's from colloidal foods, raw foods. Um, and uh, he, he put on oh, almost 25 pounds. And uh, he got some uh, cellular injections as well, and he was feeling really strong. And injections said, of what? I'm sorry, injections of what? Uh, in this case, it was shark embryos, because you don't reject those. So they take shark uh, and the embryos that haven't come out yet, and they make cell suspensions of those of the different organs in the little embryo sharks, the liver, uh, the, the immune system, that type thing. And then they inject that as a slur into the, into the rump. It's kind of like getting a liver injection. And uh, it goes throughout the body where it needs to. It's delivered by the white blood cells. That was shown with radioactive tracer studies back in the 50s by a Nobel Prize winner. And uh, the body knows exactly where to stick it. As soon as you, eat, uh, you ingest colloidal whole things or you're injected with them, the body knows uh, to pick them up and to put them exactly where they belong. And that was proven, again, with radioactive tracer studies. So uh, he was doing very well, and, uh, but the tumors were starting to pop out through his back. They were dead, and, but they were starting to pop out to eventually slough off, to go away. And he, he didn't like that. So um, he wanted to get a new change of clothes, and uh, he asked permission to do so, and the doctor didn't want him to. But he said, look, I, I, I just, my house is just over the border. And my, my, my wife and I will just go up there, grab some clothes, and we'll come right back. So he said, okay, go ahead, but come right back. So he went up to his house, and he had a housekeeper there. And they went in, and they were a little hungry, so they went into the refrigerator. It was kept fresh. And they put some food up on the island of the, of the counter in the kitchen. And they had a little dog who jumped up there as they turned around, uh, and he started eating some of the food that they had put on the island, and the dog promptly dies, instantly dies, as oh. if he was as if he was poisoned. We, I was like, "What the heck was that?" Well, it scared Steve McQueen and his new wife. It scared him. Someone was trying to kill Steve McQueen. It, it sounds could like. have. It could have been. Now, this is the impression the doctor gave me. Now I wasn't there, but this this is what Steve McQueen told this doctor Canal. This is what 
This is what he reported. He said, it scared us. We thought somebody was after us. Because if he had cured himself and had said, hey, everybody in America, I'm your greatest actor right now, and I've been cured of, a ter- of an incurable cancer, you need to go check out William Donald Kelly and American Biologics, the game would have been over, you see. The game would have been over. But uh, as it turned out, uh, what happened to Steve McQueen was so unfortunate. He was a little vain, as we, you can understand. He was a movie star. And these little uh, tumors, because he got back real quickly, by the way. Uh, sorry, he, he got right back to Mexico after that happened. And um, he asked his doctor, he says, look, these, these tumors coming out my back, they're real ugly. I know that they're dead and they're just going to fall off, but can you, can you peel them off for me? And he goes, no, no, there's no re- that they'll come off on their own. I don't want to stress your body at all. Uh, just, just let them fall off on their own. Well, there was a nurse in the room who happened to uh, moonlight at a local surgeon's office. And he heard the conversation, and he grabbed Steve McQueen, uh, pulled him aside when he had the chance, and said, look, my surgeon can take those tumors off for you. And so Steve McQueen said, great. So he went down and had the operation, and Steve McQueen died of a heart attack on the operating table, probably from too much anesthetic, not, not intentional. It wasn't um, cancer that killed Steve McQueen. It wasn't the cancer. But, but of course, guess what it was in the headlines? <laughs> And the headlines across America was, Steve McQueen dies, went to quacks for alternative cancer therapy, doesn't work, you know, that's, that's what happens. Amazing. Yeah, it is. Amazing. It seems it's so rarely the cancer that ends up killing people. It's often uh, the treatment uh, and so forth. All right, we'll um, come back and continue on with uh, Dr. John Apsley as we talk about curing terminal cancer. That's right. Remarkable claims. But he has 30 years of uh, remarkable research on his side. So you'll have to make the call. And we invite you to call at 416-360-0740. 416-360-0740. Toll free from out of town, from Thunder Bay to the Carolinas, Maine to Minnesota. 1-866-740-4740. This segment of The Conspiracy Show deals with medical information. The advice you hear is solely the opinion of the guest and does not reflect the position of AM740 or MZ Media, Inc. We deal in illusions, man. None of it is true. But you people sit there day after day, night after night, all ages, colors, creeds. We're all you know. You're beginning to believe the illusions we're spinning here. You're beginning to think that the tube is reality and that your own lives are unreal. You do whatever the tube tells you. You dress like the tube. You ate like the tube. You raise your children like the tube. You even think like the tube. This is mass madness, you maniacs. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. So turn off your television sets. Turn them off now. Turn them off right now. Turn them off and leave them off. Turn them off right in the middle of the sentence I'm speaking to you now. Turn them off. Brainwashed in our childhood. Brainwashed by the school. Brainwashed by our teachers. And brainwashed by all the rules. Brainwashed by our leaders. By our kings and queens. Brainwashed in the open and brainwashed behind the scenes. Love from Toronto, Canada. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, the lines are jammed, not surprisingly, because cancer uh, touches all our lives. It is a true uh, epidemic, and uh, it, it, it needn't be. We uh, were given everything, uh, our bodies, uh, to cure ourselves naturally. 
Um, but uh, we've uh, depleted our soil. We're not uh, getting the nutrition we need from our food. Uh, our, our water is uh, poisoned. Uh, I don't need to tell you all that. I'm starting to sound like Howard Beale from Network. Um, listen, baking soda, uh, Dr. John Apsley, I couldn't help uh, but notice uh, that, that you've been studying uh, the effects of baking soda as a, as a potential cure for cancer. Tell me more about this. Well, it, it, uh, there's an oncologist in Italy, uh, Tullio Simoncini, who I've spent some time with, and I, formerly I was running a, uh, a research foundation, and I took my crew, my scientific board, uh, with me, and we attended a couple, actually about three of his seminars here stateside. Now, here's a gentleman who's been all, through all sorts of blackballing and blacklisting and harassment and uh, just all sorts of horrible things. But um, as an oncologist, he was able to see patients who had been freshly diagnosed with cancer. They hadn't been treated with anything else. And he uh, stumbled upon, he had an epiphany one day. Uh, I won't go into it here because it, uh, it, it, it takes away a little bit from uh, what he's come up with, I think. Uh, but he had an epiphany and he decided to try some baking soda for a brain cancer. And it, it worked an absolute miracle. Instead of the boy dying within a few hours, uh, the boy lived for many weeks, and he had a chance to complete time with his family, with his mother in spe- uh, specific. He's about a 14-year-old boy. Well, from that amazing first experience, of, it was, all he was trying to do is to offer some relief through a series of, of insights that he had at that moment. Um, he began to investigate sodium bicarb for a wide range of tumors. The problem is you have to be able to inject it directly into the tumor itself. It's not a lot of bicarb. It's not a dangerous amount, uh, but it has to be given exactly into the tumor itself. So if there's no tumor, for example, cancers of the blood, it wouldn't work? It, well, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Now, it can, it can help. So um, I was uh, intrigued because he had film. You can see video uh, of tumors dissolving in front of your eyes uh, that he's, when, he, when he's washing an area of a large tumor mass, that, let's say, on the abdominal cavity. You can actually see it. He's got film of it. And he has a lot of anecdotal reports of patients who were categorically going to die, who were completely uh, brought out of it, and it's, uh, uh, of course, it's low toxicity. But it was, that whole technique is difficult to do because you have to thread the, the artery that feeds the tumor with a tube so that you can inject the sodium bicarb directly into it. And it, it works very fast. It's very effective. But nobody wants to do that because you've got to go through all these crazy studies. So I, I sat back and I thought about it for a while. And I realized, because of my colloidal chemistry background, self-taught in that way, ah, sodium bicarb or baking soda, it's really a repriming agent to get everything going again because our body makes it. Our body makes a lot of it. Every day it makes a lot. And so it was supposed to be there for a reason. And so that has a lot to do with what my books are about, that if you use that as, the, as a key tool to turn back the clock and get the colloidal chemistry reestablished, it works wonders. And, um, so, uh, and I think that this is something that makes a lot of sense to folks when they hear it. Uh, but it has to be in tandem. It has to be together with the entire program that, um, you know, is with this raw food approach. Now, um, last thing for your listeners, on my website, there's a Getting Started tab. And for those folks that can't reach me tonight, I always take my emails I will answer every single one of you. But you can get started with a really great diet approach on the Getting Started tab. And so that will help 
you getting through if you're having some difficulties. That'll help you get started. Now, and again, you're not recommending that if someone is, is uh, the, if they have cancer and they're taking conventional uh, cancer treatments, radiation, chemotherapy, surgery, that they disregard those. But, but in tandem, if, they, if they're, for example, eating more raw foods, uh, then that is going to, uh, to, to help. And, and th- would that make the conventional treatments more effective? Exactly, because you're coming from high ground. Remember, we talked about that. Right, right. If your body's self-healing mechanism is being turned up properly, it can only help with the entire process you're going through. Now, there are uh, vitamins and herbs and amino acids that you can take that actually help your conventional uh, approach. It don't hurt it. It doesn't take away. It doesn't make it too strong. It just makes it work better. And that's, again, from the primary medical literature uh, uh, research, um, there are good things that can work. There are a few things that you don't want to do, and that will be coming out in the books as well. But for right now, the Getting Started tab is just about diet. It doesn't have any of these conflicts that come up. And so if anybody is, is under uh, current conventional chemotherapy or radiation therapy, whatever that is, uh, the Getting Started tab isn't going to uh, you know, cause you any difficulty. But, it, but conventional treatments aside, let's just park chemotherapy and radiation and uh, the scalpel over here for a second. If you have uh, a terminal cancer that involves a tumor rather than blood cancer, are, are you suggesting that you can cure those, even terminal cancers, um, with the proper diet, food as medicine? Let, let me, let me uh, be categorically clear on this. Every single so-called incurable disease, at least one human being has survived it and gotten well from it. The reason why that person did it was from their self-healing ability. So what I'm claiming categorically and crystal clear for anyone out there who wants to get exactly what I'm saying is, is that your self-healing innate ability to take care of a dis-ease can take on any natural illness that there is. It can happen. Whether or not it will is a different story. You have to be like a laser. You have to hit the target precisely. You have to get the colloidal environment where our energy surges up into high levels back working in your favor. You have to come from high ground. All right, let's go to the phones. Lynn is in Toronto. Lynn, welcome to The Conspiracy Show, AM740. Hello, hello, Richard. I can hardly hear you here. All right, let's uh, boost up the volume, Danny, on the other side. Okay, Lynn, you're on the line with Dr. Apsley. Your question, please. There, that's better. Um, I'm sorry to be repeating everything that you said, Richard, but, you know, really, in in the city environment that we live, we can't possibly get started with any of this because our air is polluted, our water is polluted, our food is polluted. We, we can't, like, you live in an apartment, you can't grow your own garden. Uh, so so how, is it, uh, how, how are millions of people going to get started in this? Not only that, but I have a feeling that a lot of these cancers are due to childhood and, and arthritis and everything is due to childhood inoculation. And um, that I, I've, I've seen it in my own pets, where I had a, you know, a cat that got inoculated with a, with, against a disease, and immediately, like the next day, came up with a tumor in its body because 
of the inoculation. All right, Lynn, let me uh, let me get uh, Dr. Apsley in here to uh, first the, fir- the the first question is a great one and that is obviously everyone can't grow their own food, Dr. Apsley. What, what so where do where how do they start? Well, let's start with the second part and then answer that because you, she's she's got a great point. Uh, first of all, your self-healing ability can take care of all that. It is possible for your self-healing ability to take on the vaccinations or the pollutions or whatever else. Now, Get back to the first part, because this is, you can grow sprouts in your home. You can do physical walking exercise when there's not traffic around to get the oxygen into your body. You can do, uh, there are other techniques where you can buy oxygen concentrators. Uh, They they concentrate oxygen out of the air. While you're uh, stepping up and down a stairs or, uh, you know, a couple stairs or you're on a small little tiny trampoline you pick up for 75 bucks at Sears um, or riding a stationary bicycle, there are ways to get the fresh oxygen into your body, okay? Now, the detoxification component, uh, that can be done at home. That's easy. You can use things as simple as drinking lots and lots and lots of water. And you can make structured water from your vegetables, you can get the best water in the whole world by getting good, clean vegetables and juice them. So, ma'am, you can do this in your apartment, okay? All right, Lynn, uh, good luck with that. Let's see, uh, Jenny is in Oakville. Good morning, Jenny. Welcome to AM 740. Thank you very much. Um, I do love be, to be able to taste delicious tomatoes again. And <laughs> yeah. you talk about rock dust. Never heard of it, and where do you get that? Uh, it's all over my website. I have a whole section on it. You can read about remineralization. You can read about rock dust. You just scan, just browse my website, and you'll find it. Um, there are lots of groups now offering it. It's also um, available in Canada, uh, so you just have to check around. Call the the local garden centers too. Maybe sure. they're, they're starting to carry it as well. Sure. Uh, Jenny, thank you for that. Pauline is in Kitchener. Good morning, Pauline. Welcome to uh, AM seven forty and the Conspiracy Show. Yes. Hi. Um, I have lymphoma. And I've decided not to take chemo, and it's going to be four years next week. And I feel great. I'm working every day. The only thing that I don't have is a lot of energy, and I've totally changed my diet. I do not even touch sugar. Um, I'm taking a few natural, like, minerals and vitamin D, sort of, that sort of thing, but I'm just sort of... And also, I have a blood condition, and once a month, I get a transfusion because I don't have protein. My body doesn't um, produce protein in the white blood cells, so I have to get that put into my body. And they're just now upping it from 30 grams to 60 grams. And I'm just wondering, what else could I possibly do um, in the mineral and vitamins? I don't know which is a good one. I don't know, like, which one would be best suited for what my disease is. And right. I'm just wondering if you would have any input in that. Okay, good. This is great. another great question. We're getting some really great questions tonight. Again, audience, please hear what I'm saying. Don't treat your disease. Stop doing that. The doctors do that. What you need to do is to treat your self-healing mechanisms. Treat your self-healing mechanisms because they, that knows what to do. Your doctor knows what to do to treat your disease, and your body knows what to do. So stop trying to treat your lymphomas. Stop trying to treat your heart disease or your diabetes. Stop. Stop. You need to treat your self-healing mechanism, and that's on the Getting Started page. 
All right, Pauline uh, in Kitchener, thank you for the call. We've got to get back to this uh, baking soda uh, issue, and uh, I know that Yen is on the line. I'm not sure where Yen is calling from, but he has a baking soda question. Yen, good morning. Yes, I'm calling from Toronto. Okay, welcome. Yes, I'd like to know, have you ever heard of an, an Italian doctor? He mentioned uh, the Italian doctor oh, and baking soda. Simoncini, uh, right? Yes. Okay, I'd like to know, well, what, what do you think of, uh, of, of his method? Well, that'll be in the books. Uh, there's, uh, there are some problems with it. It doesn't treat the blood-borne cancers like lymphoma or, um, or leukemia. It also doesn't restore the colloidal state, but it starts the process. It's an essential repriming agent to get things turned around quickly so that the when you do the rest of the colloidal restoration, it, it begins to work. It, and it does, it, it has been shown to, to dissolve tumors virtually oh, right yeah. before. Now, uh, I don't know how much of this you can talk about, but I, I think you've been in communication with someone from uh, the province of Quebec who was sort of self-administering yeah, uh, baking yeah. soda. Now, did he have prostate cancer? Uh, no, he had, uh, uh, not to my knowledge, he had abdominal cancer that was everywhere. I mean, it it was full. He was had several grapefruits of uh, tumor in his in his lower stomach, and uh, he's not too far out of Montreal. And uh, unbeknownst, he didn't he he had no uh, un, uh, knowledge of Tullio Simoncini from Italy. Uh, he just intuitively felt that he had to realkalinize his body. Uh, well, he came up with a method uh, that could be very very dangerous for some folks. So I, I never repeat it uh, to lay folks. I, I tell doctors all the time. But it could be very dangerous if you if you're not the right candidate. But he was the he was the right candidate, and uh, so they the the folks in Canada sent him home to die, um, and within 35 days he was completely cancer free. Folks, when you turn your self healing mechanism on, it can be 35 days before you're completely well. That's how fast this can happen. But uh, not, not in all cases, it's just for this gentleman's case. All right, when we come back, I mentioned off the top that uh, we had some uh, very uh, sad news tonight. Our family uh, knows a couple, a four-year-old a girl diagnosed uh, with stage four uh, neuroblastoma, a, uh, a tumor in the lower spine. And you have to ask yourself, how could it get to stage four in a four-year-old without being diagnosed? Uh, apparently, uh, she uh, was undergoing some excruciating pain. They found a compression fracture in her spine. It was being caused by the tumor. When we come back, I'll, uh, I'll ask you if uh, what could be done there. Uh, Dr. John Apsley here with some good news on the cancer front, and we need that certainly. Uh, he's talking about curing terminal cancer, not controlling it, not uh, staving off the inevitable, curing terminal cancer. Right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This segment of The Conspiracy Show deals with medical information. The advice you hear is solely the opinion of the guest and does not reflect the position of AM740 or MZ Media, Inc. Disease is not an entity but a fluctuating condition of the patient's body, wrote Hippocrates. A battle between the substance of disease and the natural self-healing tendency of the body. So don't treat the disease, just create the healthy body and then get out of its way. Everything we need uh, to, uh, to cure 
all disease is already inside us, put there by, I believe, the Creator. We just have to recreate the conditions uh, that were already naturally occurring in the body for it to go to work. Dr. John Apsley is with us discussing how we can overcome advanced cancer uh, and other chronic illnesses. And his website, again, is drapsley.com, Dr. Spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R, Apsley, A-P-S-L-E-Y, drapsley.com. And I've linked up to his site on my uh, uh, website as well at richardserrett.com. All right. Um, a four-year-old uh, a girl with uh, stage four neuroblastoma, a tumor, lower spine. Uh, I believe it's, um, it exerted pressure and caused a compound fracture. That's how they actually discovered it. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you have to say about that? Is there anything we offer any yeah. hope? Or? Uh, well, first of all, you know we're, we've been talking all night about restoring your own self healing ability, and uh, but I'm going to get more specific now with these real late stages. The stage four is as far it's as late as you can get into a process of cancer. The first thing you have to do is to buy time, and there are ways to do that. Uh, the second thing after you buy yourself some time is to restore uh, the regenerating. Uh, and regenerate the non-cancerous tissue. So the, about most tumors, for example, are about 80% normal tissue. You only have about 20% that are rogue cells. So you want to get those cells that are kind of trapped in that mix to, uh, to stay really healthy. Uh, then the third step is to modulate uh, those tissues, those, those crazy cells, back into healthy states. There's a way to do that. Uh, for example, putting certain amino acids into the body can help convert uh, rogue cells back into normal cells. Rogue cells can be cancer cells. They can be other types of cells. Uh, then you want to, uh, in some cases, you, you actually have to go after uh, the, uh, you know, the cancer itself. And there are ways to do that naturally. Um, then this, the, the next step is to restore the person's immunity so that it never comes back again. And then finally, if the person's been really ravaged, like a, a stage four, they have to regenerate large parts of their body uh, to c- completely come out of it and not to ever go back into it again. So if she'll, if her family will write to me, if they'll e- email me, um, I will uh, help her to uh, take her through that step by step if she if she would like to. Uh, but the first step is to buy yourself some time. Now I will mention this: if you're if you're that desperate, uh, which unfortunately this little girl is, there is a way to uh, buy time with a form of chemotherapy. It only uses 10% of the dose. It's been used now for well over 30 years. It's extremely effective to buy time. And uh, because remember I said at the beginning that only 2.1% of chemotherapy is, is effective if it's used by itself. But when you do it a certain way, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's much more effective and you use such a small dose uh, that it's not that toxic at all to the healthy tissue and it can buy the time that you need to be able to set up this rest of this uh, colloidal approach. All right. Now, you, you're, you're an MD. Yes. Are you able to, I mean, if you were sitting in, I don't know where you, ha- where you hang your shingle, uh, but I mean, if someone came into your office and you're, and, you're, and you're talking this way to them, I mean, I'm guessing that there's a great deal of pressure for you not to be speaking with your patients this way. Can you lose your license? Well, uh, I, this is a great question. I, I decided a long time ago uh, that what I needed to do was to use um, a, a totally natural approach to things like cancer and heart disease and diabetes, and then to make sure that 
the, the ones who supervised me, the ones who were in charge of my license, were ones that weren't going to yank it because I wasn't practicing with conventional medicine. So I always was licensed as either a naturopath, an acupuncturist, a chiropractor, or all three, and I avoided that whole trip. So for folks in Canada, the same thing exists for those that are licensed to practice naturopathic medicine. And what I decided to do uh, starting in 2000, year 2000, was to start training both the medical and the osteopathic and the naturopathic and even the chiropractors, um, not only to stay out of trouble, but also to do this approach properly. And that's the other uh, feature to, to uh, what I'm doing right now. So um, if, if I run into a problem where I need to help somebody, I refer them to some of the clinics that I work with. So let's say, for example, this, this uh, family that I mentioned that have, has this four-year-old daughter with the stage yeah, four. I already have the couple of clinics in mind for her. Ah. Uh, top, top-notch, uh, using all-natural approaches, using uh, 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 strategies that will buy her time. Um, th- that, and, and the other thing about there are, you have to be sensitive to the laws that govern each province and each state. There are some uh, uh, regular, um, medical boards that will be very, very... Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, they won't appreciate going to an alternative approach with a little girl, for example. They'll, they'll get a court order to stop that. So we like to work with the system uh, and not go against uh, any, any laws, but with, there's ways in which you can do integrative medicine at the same time and get the same, achieve the same results. All right, back to the phones, and uh, let's say hello to uh, Karen from my hometown, Brantford, Ontario. Hello, Karen. Good morning. Hi, Richard. Thank you so much. Um, Dr. Apsley, I was wondering if you were familiar with kerosene IV treatment, the ozone therapy, and your thoughts on um, mercury dental fillings. Um, uh, I, I didn't catch the first part. I caught the last two, but what was the first part of the question? Kerosene? Have you heard of that? Uh, is that an herb? Is that an herbal extract? Well, actually, yeah. It's made from um, ginseng. Okay. Um, no, I haven't heard of that. Um, uh, let, let's, uh, maybe you can fill me in on that, but let's go back to the amalgam fillings. Um, the amalgam fillings are about 50% is mercury. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the problem with that is, is that it's the only safe place in the world to store toxic mercury is in people's mouths. Does that make sense to anybody? <laughs> no. Does that no. make sense? The only, I mean, you have so many OSHA in this country uh, uh, regulations to handle mercury carefully. I mean, even the dentist has to carry special gloves around and, and not whiff it in and, and dispose of it properly. And it's got warning labels all the But it's safe to put in our mouths. There you go. It, that's crazy. Yeah, insane, some might yeah, say. but there are patents on it, and the dental industry, unfortunately, makes a lot of money off it. So, and a lot of dentists aren't trained to use the other things. But uh, fortunately, there are a lot of uh, good strategies to get the mercury out of your system. Uh, and I don't know if we have time to talk about that, but let's, uh, I, I do want to address the fact that uh, mercury fillings should never be used. Use the, uh, the cosmetic approaches that, uh, that don't contain that metal. And, um, and you'll be much happier, I think. Um, now, the, I'm sorry, tell me again your second part of your question. Yeah, ozone therapy. Yeah. Now, ozone therapy, uh, it's very expensive. Uh, it, it's, it's very good. I've, I've had it done on me. It's, it's helped save my life in an, in, in a, an emergency. Um, you can uh, bet that it's going to work for a short time period. 
but it does nothing to restore the colloidal state of the body, which is uh, what we've been talking about all night. It is, it is an essential tool. Um, the white blood cells use it themselves. Uh, in other words, they make ozone. When I think of, o- excuse me, doctor, when I think of ozone, I think of air pollution, exhaust, you know, well, from but cars. That's and so- with smut, though. That's with smog. That, that's mixed with nitrogen uh, byproducts. When you have pure ozone, um, it's an oxygen radical, a pure oxygen radical, uh, that is essential to immune function. And we have antioxidants uh, like vitamin E and vitamin C that help to contain it. Um, but when the, the immune system hasn't been working, you can use ozone. It's called biooxidative therapy. It's very popular here in the, in the United States. Uh, you can use it properly to achieve a result up to a point, and then you've got to get the immune cells doing it again. All right. Uh, Karen, did he address all of your uh, questions? Um, Yeah, Richard, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Karen. Uh, Finally, Harvey is in uh, Adams, New York. Good morning, Harvey. Hello, um, Dr. Apley. Hi. Hello, Harvey. Uh, You said before that uh, the condition of soil today is rather bad. I guess it's too acidic, worldwide, basically. Are there any places, now I have a relative in the family who's very influential in the family, older person, that is very, very dead set against getting, when she can avoid it, and it influences my wife, so it very much affects what we eat. My wife tries to stay very much away from anything made outside the United States, any farm, any, you know, produce, fruit, whatever, and you just about can't do that. But the point I'm asking you is, I would almost guess that there's places in the world where the soil is a lot better. Other things may be worse, cleanliness, etc. Processing methods, picking methods, the workers, who knows. But is the soil itself better in other parts of the world rather than in the U.S. and the rest of this hemisphere, let's say? Right. Well, we've had an interglacial period that has basically wiped out almost all of the minerals in the topsoil across the board. Almost 100%. Now, when, when Mount St. Helen erupted, um, it re-fertilized it re, uh, with its uh, ash um, entire areas of the state of Washington, and that's one way that it, that it does occur. Uh, but other than you doing it for yourself, where you get the rock dust and you put it into your own garden or you do it with your own sprouts, because that can be done really quick, um, you're, you know, you're not going to be finding uh, soils any longer that have the rock dust in it, which is what happens after the glaciers come down and they grind this into a flower and over 90,000 years. And then when they recede, they leave about 8 to 10 feet of this flower-like rock on top of our soils. And that feeds the bacteria and actually turns the, uh, what's called the hummus, uh, it turns the, uh, the humus, rather, back, uh, into a colloid. Uh, it's, it's full of bacteria, which, is, which are all colloids, and uh, that's what makes healthy soils. Now, one last thing I, I didn't mention. Uh, our greatest agricultural scientist here in the state said that in order for soils to maintain health for both the plants and the animals that eat from it, it has to have this colloidal, he called it a proteinaceous content. He went a step further to, de- to, to define it. Of 25%, a full quarter of the soil has to be this matrix of minerals and bacteria and uh, organic decay in a fermentation in order to make perfectly healthy animals and perfectly healthy humans. Well, we're down to almost zip on that, almost zip. 
with commercial farming. So in the U.S. is is horrible with the commercial end of things. With the organic farms, they are better. They're a lot better, but they're not using the rock dust. They need to use rock dust, and then the whole ball game changes. The whole ball game will change when they start using the rock dust. We need another uh, ice age, and uh, I've, I've talked to uh, <laughs> people who claim we're actually in the midst of one now. It's on its way. We're certainly well overdue, but that might be the answer <laughs> if we can survive the next ice age. Uh, you know, we'll 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 have the uh, the essential nutrients back in the soil once they they recede. Uh, but you know, who wants to wait around for that? Rock dust, yes. Uh, contact your, your your local garden centers, and uh, and I'm sure somebody uh, m- must have it. I've heard this. I live in the southern Ontario, and I've heard this region uh, referred to as the goiter belt. Uh, and uh, uh, I think it relates to a, a lack of iodine in the soil. Now, iodine uh, is 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 pretty important to uh, the thyroid. Huge. So, if iodine is missing from the soil. Uh, is, for example, a thyroid condition uh, a common factor with people that are suffering from cancer? Well, and another excellent question is, we've had a bunch of them tonight. The, here's the problem. The master hormone that makes the metabolism work so that at normal body temperature you have healthy cells is the thyroid. Unfortunately, because it's just not iodine, it, iodine is, is extremely important. It's all these other minerals we not only have thyroid that's uh, not working properly, we've got liver that's not working properly. We've got heart that's not working properly. We've got all of our glands and organs which haven't been fed properly for so long that they're all acting like, in, like they're in low gear. Well, of all of those, in order to get a cancer program going or a, a reverse your diabetes or whatever, the thyroid sits at the top. It's very, very essential. And you're correct, on inland areas, the iodine is very low. However, when you're dealing with rock dust and you're eating a lot of it, either in the water or in the plants or the animals that eat it, uh, there is enough iodine there, and your thyroid will, uh, will respond accordingly. But the last thing is iodine has been added into bread and to salt. Unfortunately, it gets rid of goiter. It, it causes goiter not to come up uh, hardly at all anymore if you eat those things white bread and, and salt, which, you know, who, who's eating those today? But there are people. Uh, but it doesn't get rid of low thyroid. So that's the other problem is that on my website, I talk about another guy who I, I just actually met him on uh, the other day on, on the radio. Um, he's written a book on this. It's called Hypothyroidism Type 2 by Mark Starr, and you can't miss it. It's all over uh, the website. He, he's, he's a genius. He has described exactly why we have and how we've degenerated over the past several generations of not having these minerals. We wind up with very weak thyroids and livers and hearts, the whole, the whole complex. And in order to turn this thing around, um, it's amazing what can happen when you're given proper thyroid medication. But it has to be proper thyroid medication. It's not the, not the kind of thyroid medication that's most often prescribed today. So, um, but if you eat iodine-rich foods, like your seaweeds, there are some seaweeds that actually taste quite good. Or just buy kelp tablets. I'm sure they sell that in the health food stores in Canada. Or dulse seaweed, which is very salty and it tastes very good. All of those contain are rich sources of iodine. All right. Curing cancer on the other side. Stay with us.
This segment of The Conspiracy Show deals with medical information. The advice you hear is solely the opinion of the guest and does not reflect the position of AM740 or MZ Media, Inc. Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM740. To see the light, call Richard now at 416 416- 360-0740 or toll free in Ontario at 1-866-740-4740. Dr. John Apsley is here discussing cures for terminal cancer, not controlling a cancer, but curing it. And uh, the key is to be found in our own bodies. We have everything we need to heal ourselves. We just have to get our bodies uh, back into their, their natural state. Uh, and uh, there are, history is ripe with examples of, of people who were living, uh, well, they weren't aging really until, the, uh, until about 100. Now, you mentioned, you know, the, the former Soviet uh, state of, of Georgia and uh, there are uh, places in Japan that have scientists scratching their heads and they're flocking there like a, like the, like a mecca. Uh, you know, studying these populations, and you've got you know people active, actively uh, living very active lives up into the, you know they're 105, 106, 107 years old. So what's going on in those places? What are they doing right? Well, they, they're studying the right people. Remember that, that we have in science, we have to have the right reference point, and then repeat experiments over and over again, uh, and get a a, a uniform uh, result, and say, okay, this is now established science. Well, if we're studying these folks out there and we're not aware of the fact that, it, that the structure of the water that they're ingesting and they're eating is important, that it's the colloidal chemistry in their food and their dietary, if we, if we don't understand that going in, we have the wrong reference that we're using to make a study. Like the China study is a great example. It's a brilliant study, but it's all wrong. It's all wrong because it's all about cooked foods. Everything they say in there about cooked foods is 100% correct. But if you take those same foods and you grow them in mineral-rich soils and you don't cook them, the outcome is an entirely different book. It's about how people live to the age of 100 before they start aging. It's about people living past 100 and never getting cancer. It's about people never getting diabetes, never getting osteoarthritis when you, do, when you understand the colloidal chemistry aspect. So here's a, here's a great book and a great example, and the people in Japan and the people in China and the people everywhere. If you know about colloidal chemistry, then the, the problem is solved. And again, I refer everyone who's a scientist out there to Gilbert Ling's website. I, I have it. It's just gilbertling.com, and uh, link on there. And he explains it. He's a genius, and he, ex- he says, look, we've been studying the wrong chemistry. So, yes, if, they, if they're aware of that and they're looking at them eating the, the coral and getting the high seafood that's raw and not eating too much salt and, and getting other sources of these, what I call the, uh, the regeneration factors in the diet, which can only come from raw foods, um, then they'll, they'll get the same secrets I found over 30 years. It's, uh, I'm not a, any, anyone special here. I just am standing on the shoulders of some real giants that I owe a huge debt of gratitude to. I've been blessed. These are the guys and women that figured it out. I'm just reporting it now. Uh, Suzanne Summers, uh, uh, actress, 
has yeah. uh, been been writing a book, sort of collecting a lot of this research too. She's been on Larry King, and she's normally uh, being, you know, she's on there with a, 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 a traditional medical practitioner where she's assailed as being irresponsible. You know the yeah. routine. Sure. Uh, have you have you have you and Suzanne Summers had conversations? Have... Not yet, but I I know uh, uh, I, I know that community, and I have a I have a, a close. Um, a uh, very close family out of Montreal, as a matter of fact, um, that uh, is hooked in. Uh, he's a movie producer, and uh, they're hooked into all those folks. But here's what I want to say to everyone. If everyone would stop treating a disease and instead treat their self-healing process, their self-healing mechanisms within, they're going to get uh, the icing on the cake. Not only will their cancer go away, but if they have heart disease, the heart will be able to uh, recover. Now, that's documented. This is what this guy Gilbert Ling and Francis Cope uh, uh, did with their MRIs. They said, oh, my gosh, when folks did, did the Gerson diet, which is a variation of what Suzanne Somers talked about with Nick uh, Gonzalez out of New York as one example, um, you, you, not only do you get the benefit that your cancer goes away, but your heart actually, the protein structure within it actually regenerates. And you can see that on under uh, these MRI studies. All right, let's go to Whitby. Fred is uh, on the line. Fred, welcome to uh, AM740. You're on the air. Hi, how are you doing? Well, thank you. I was just wondering, uh, is there a backlash from mainstream, uh, I guess pharma, big pharma, uh, to the alternative um, medicine? Yeah, and see, that's where we have their Achilles tendon. We have their Achilles tendon because, number one, we know the truth, and number two, we can do this whole thing cheaply. We take away the money incentive, and they've got nowhere to go. But we have to do it as, an, as a, uh, everyone does this uh, together, and they do it properly. So by, uh, you know, doctor means one who teaches. So I'm teaching everybody that they have a self-healing system that's colloidal-based. It's tied into the food chain that's been horribly corrupted, but even if you're in an apartment in Toronto, you can get the colloidal foods back into your diet again. And that, look, the Deshay movement was the second largest political movement in the United States history. It was all about forcing the politicians and, uh, and all these other people out there, because we, we number more, we're bigger than they are, to start doing the right thing. So if we stop feeding them all this money, and we start getting ourselves well, and we take back the responsibility for eating properly, then they have to listen to us. It's their only Achilles tendon. Now, I can tell you the five key ways that they, they conspire against tearing down a professor at Harvard when they discover that he's going to or she's going to start talking about a cancer cure. I can name all five, and I can tell you probably what, what the five best ways against it is. But, but the best way is for the folks to listen to doctors, meaning one who teaches, to do the right thing, they experience it as truth, not as theory. And they start talking to their mom and dad, their kids, their uncles and aunts, and they get this thing turned around. That's the only... We, 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 we have to stop being a victim of all these conspiracies, because believe me, folks, they got it down. Well, they know you, what they're doing. You're right. The cancer industry, they have trillions of dollars at their disposal. Oh, yeah. uh, we only have the truth. They don't stand a chance. Let's uh, come back. Dr. John Apsley, a few moments remain on The Conspiracy Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 
This segment of The Conspiracy Show deals with medical information. The advice you hear is solely the opinion of the guest and does not reflect the position of AM740 or MZ Media, Inc. We've been focusing on cancer uh, tonight, and we haven't uh, uh, talked about uh, really the, the host of other uh, diseases that uh, Dr. Apsley believes can be uh, cured through the power of uh, regeneration, a, a power that the human body... Uh, contains, but um, let me ask you about the power of intention, uh, Doctor Apsley, because uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the uh, the important work of Masaru Emoto, uh, his work on on water crystals, and uh, and uh, because the 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 structure of water crystals, healthy water uh, crystals in the body, is is an essential part of what you're talking about. Uh, do, how, what do you? Where do you stand on the power of intention? Because that's where what he's talking about—that we can actually, you know, whether you want to call it meditation or prayer, uh, just the, the the intentions that are communicated through our emotions and our words can affect the structure of water. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is a perfect question. Water has memory. Structured water holds organizing information, organizing memory. Uh, Berkeley's done some studies um, and shown with, with, again, MRIs and other techniques, X-ray diffraction, to show that there are icy crystals, actually that's how it's pronounced, where information is stored in water. And if the information is good information, the cells communicate properly. So an example, as you know, um, uh, there's a gal that uh, made very famous by Alexis Carell who witnessed a healing at Lourdes. Now she was praying, there was a lot of priests there, she was Catholic, and right before his eyes, a, a terminal tuberculosis cancer uh, a patient, she was just gasping for her last, last few breaths, was instantly healed by the water at Lourdes in France. It's on the Spain-French border. And we're, we're, we want to go there in, in a year from now and organize a medical trip to have people examine both before and after they're exposed to the water there. Now, that's one example. Let's go to another example. There was a mafioso. This is a true story. Mafioso been ordering a lot of people to be done harm to, to be killed, whatever. And he comes down with pancreatic cancer, almost going to be 100% fatal. Well, he, he's in Hawaii, and he asks this guy who was a, a deep tissue massage, a Rolfist named Gus, to work on him, please help him. So Gus lined up his wife and a few other people, and they all started working on this guy with, with their fingers and hands deep into his body, and they were reorganizing the structure of the water. They were doing it with the oriental techniques and with a lot of um, manual deep pressure. And this was a camp where a lot of uh, massage therapists were actually being trained. And for six hours each day, this mafioso leader was being uh, worked on. And uh, sure enough, after, and, and by the way, he, he screamed the whole time. He was in it, the deep tissue uh, work can be agonizing, and he had stored all this pent-up information in his body of doing other people harm. Very immoral. But he was getting directly the experience of what he was doing to other people by being worked on, and he didn't want to die. Well, at the end of, uh, I think it was about a month and a half, this guy was completely cured. And he got up and walked out, and he took all of his money and started giving it away, trying to help people. So water has to do with both situations. Our body is about 90% water, when we're born, about 70% water, it should stay up until the age of 100. Most of the folks listening tonight, if they only did one thing, is to start drinking the water from natural vegetables and fruits, but in their raw state so that the colloid of water 
And the structure of the water has not been altered because as soon as you cook good water, it changes the structure. If that's all they did and, and to fill their bodies up with 70 80% of this good water again, a lot of their problems would go away just by that, just by that alone. Wow, this is a, a powerful uh, uh, wampum that you're uh, administering, uh, Dr. Apsley. Uh, to some, you're, uh, uh, to many, yeah, a, a beacon of hope, and uh, to some others lurking in the shadows, you're a very dangerous man. Uh, I hope that uh, you can come on this program again and again, because I'd love to have you. Well, I'd love to, Richard. Thank you for having me. Again, the, uh, the website is drapsley.com, and doctor is spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R, Apsley, A-P-S-L-E-Y, and uh, .com. And the books are uh, to be published uh, when? Do you have a handle on that? Uh? Um, I want to get them before the Chicago seminar on, in June 4th, so I'm trying to get them out before then. All right. Thank you for your, uh, being so generous with your time tonight. No, thank you, sir. Dr. John Apsley. My thanks to uh, Dan Ellison for his capable uh, work, professional uh, demeanor. And uh, for you listening out there, hope you'll join me next Sunday, Easter Sunday, the Shroud of Turin, the most important, amazing relic, not only in the Christian world, but I believe in all the world. Is it the actual burial cloth of Jesus or is it a clever medieval forgery? Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light, and what I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.